Okay, hello, hello. We have Ms. Bomb and Skydro. What's up? Launching our podcast series about all things cannabis. So we'll bring to you the latest and current events. We are here in California. Woohoo, Sunshine State. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're navigating everything here in a regulated recreational um, state now. And, um, and plus, uh, we just want to bring, I don't know, a, a perspective that we don't think is, is brought to the industry. So that feminine energy that we so desperately need up in the cannabis industry. That's right. So yeah, we're here to bring that to you. And we're here to talk about a little bit about us and a lot about what's going on out there and just kind of share some stories, some knowledge and some upcoming events and stuff like that with you guys. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. first, um, we're going to do a little intro about ourselves and then we're going to get started um, cause this is our first episode. So hang in there with us and <laughs> let us know what you think afterwards. And uh, yeah. Right. So do you want to start for us, Terry, and just tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. So, um, I'm Cherry and I go by Ms. Bomb. That's my brand out in the marketplace. I'm a cannabis manufacturer and product formulator. Uh, I started formulating products in 2004 and uh, I started formulating natural products. And in 2010, I started combining those natural formulations with cannabinoids. And I started with CBD before Dr. Sanjay Gupta even started talking about it because I just knew there was more to the plant than euphoria which euphoria is wonderful and helps so many people, but I, I just, it's such a multifaceted plant. So I, I was compelled to, to do more with it. So I've been formulating products since 2010. I'm a manufacturer and I'm currently working basically in the licensed market as a manufacturer here in California. So uh, that's, I think, me in a nutshell for now. And I'm sure there will be more that comes out later as we uh, move on through our series. So Skydro, Sky, tell us more about you. So um, I've been in the industry for quite a while. Um, I've been out of the shadows for the last 10 years and in the cannabis industry here in the Bay Area. Started my journey volunteering at Harborside. And um, eventually now I work at a grow operation. I do trimming, I work at a cannabis club, uh, help a startup for a delivery service at the moment. And I create extracts and I also cook with cannabis, make coconut oil and all kinds of things. My mind is always turning and I'm always thinking of new things. So mm -hmm. my book is filled with ideas yeah and I get to work with amazing people and I get to learn a lot from the people that I work with 
like Ms. Bombs and mm. <laughs> and the patients that I get to talk to. And uh, right. it's been quite a very, very interesting time in the recreational times. Going from medical to recreational, holy macaroni. Let's talk about. Yeah, maybe we talk about that. <laughs> Black Friday at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. <laughs> yeah, that's Being in Silicon Valley and <clears throat> Innovation Station, what I like to call it, where it's innovation from all over the world, I think that cannabis has a lot to do with all the great things that are created here and other places. Mm -hmm and great musicians, great architects. Yeah, it makes you wonder if maybe Steve Jobs had uh, was inspired through uh, cannabis. I think there's stuff out there about him. Definitely, I think, on some LSD in his past, um, I think. But um, I'm sure it's got to be there too, cannabis use. And uh, you have to wonder, like, some of these great minds uh the inspirations that come to them and through what methods i mean uh i'm sure people have scrawled out some business plans under um some beer goggles <laughs> yeah a lot of nootropics too <laughs> yeah a lot of nootropics <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like everybody's biohacking and yeah. trying to find ways to um access parts of their brain that they don't normally access. Like yeah. I like to say our brains are like cell phone. <laughs> we only use 10% of them <laughs> when we're awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think um, I think there's ways to access uh, and yeah, I'm sure we can talk about just the, the myriad ways that cannabinoids help and add value to our lives. But, but if we're to stay focused on the uh, sort of like recreational and like medical use, like what's the difference now between recreational and, and medical before 2018 kicked in, you know, that was a totally different climate and environment before. And then basically January 1st, 2018, Boom, we're recreational. So, um, my opinion, big money, because it went from the patient to, you know, the patient and the heart to the pocket and the hand. Well, I'll tell you, um, definitely as a manufacturer, well, really distributor, technically in the regulated industry, I'm collecting 24%. So 24% of what the consumer pays is going straight to the tax, tax, the California state, like yeah. secretary of state, basically. So yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Totally get that. I, I, I'm just talking about these patients that have been suffering for a long time. And now mm -hmm. their 1000 milligram dose has been reduced to a hundred milligram big ass chocolate brownie that they can't barely yeah. eat or whatever the case is. Um, yeah. It just, it, it, it and, and then again, there it goes back to money. It's just money is what happened. Um, mm -hmm. And after January, we're, we're not going to have the medical anymore. So then I think the patients are going to feel it a little bit, a lot of it more in their pocket. Um, but that's why I think people should learn how to grow and 
and medicate themselves if they're unable to afford the current market. That's where learning those little things come in handy, mm-hmm. like growing your little tomato garden or your little herb garden. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you're able to, you can grow yourself two plants and um, use that that whole plant yeah. and, and learn how to do that. I think does it is it correct that the law allows up to six plants? I think to grow. Yeah, I think the law for California is six. I just say two because it's very easy to maintain, and you can put a lot of. You could probably yield one pound or what two from from a well grown plant, and that would be like how much that would be like an easy year supply for somebody that just needs to have their medicine cabinet stocked. Yeah, depend what your intake would be, you know. Right. What you're paying, you're, yeah. what you're medicating for. Yeah, I would say, I would just say, I, I, I say two plants starting out. And I'm just saying somebody who's not very mobile, who's probably at home on mm-hmm. a fixed income. Mm-hmm. Um, six plants might be a little overwhelming for them, but two plants yeah. would be pretty oh. easy to do. And, yeah. you know, you can harvest that however you want and I would recommend making something that they could possibly freeze and then use over a period of time but yeah I like that I like the idea of um I know trying to teach uh home remedies or you know they would be home-based remedies yeah it would be done in the kitchen well I think just being able to compensate Cause like I said, I, I work firsthand with these patients and a lot of them have, some of them have literally cried to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. because they can't afford the, the price increase with the dosage that's required now. Right. They, and they also have to probably take in 10 times more calories than they normally would have in order to get the equivalent dose they would have had in pre 2018 era. Yeah. I also so. think that it's all, it's going to even out here soon. Cause they're going to realize that these, these, um, some of these regulations that they're putting out are just a little bit, a little bit much. They are a little bit much, a lot of bit much, mm-hmm. a lot of bit for the, the smaller people who've been in this industry for a really long time. Um, that don't have a lot of money to uh, comply with all these rules that they're constantly changing. Not like, only that, but mm. when you're sick, you don't have money. Like you, you don't, you can't work if you're sick. Yeah. So it's such a bad situation to be in, and you're lucky if you have people to help you through it. But in the meantime, medicine's got to be affordable. And I don't see them taxing other medicine. Yeah, I think also this is might be a time for insurance companies to step up and start taking, you know, honoring medical cannabis um, Mm -hmm. for under insurance. I know some places give out a little medical card monthly that um, patients can use for medication and um, Hmm. they can actually use it for like over the counter medicine and stuff like that. And it would be nice if uh, we could see that, you know, working for patients in their favor. That way it would co- it would cover the cost for the manufacturers because to get in the industry is a lot of money. And, yes, I know you're paying taxes, too, and mm-hmm. you've got to pay for the packaging. You've got to follow all these rules. 
Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's a real cost. That's a real cost of kids. But I mean, so it's got to be if we can find a way to make everybody get their money and everybody get their medicine. Insurance companies stepping up, doctors stepping up, just everybody stepping up. Would probably inflate the price even more with as soon as you involve the insurance industry, because then they'd have to pad everything with basically <laughs> then we're back to that money thing again. yeah and then we're back to yeah that so money that's what money has really changed with this cannabis industry yeah regulations regulations and regulation legalizations equals regulations oh god yeah so there's so much more to come on that and um, but they're going to work it out. I believe in you guys. You guys got this. Come mm -hmm. on. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Well, I mean, the key is to participate. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, read 250 pages of regulations a couple weeks back so that I could provide public comment on record so I could help shape the future of manufacturing. I could be directly, you know, at least trying everything in my power to do that. So I did. And I'll do the next opportunity as well uh, coming up soon. Right be on. a 10 day comment period coming up soon. So I'll have to do my homework again and comment again. And it's work, but it's, I hope it's pay. I hope it pays off. It'll pay off. We're all getting involved. Everybody's waking up and everybody's starting to participate. Yeah. So um, I think we're getting a flu shot right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to repeat this all again in a lot of, lot of ways, a lot of, lot of different things. So, so, so what about, um, you know, kind of circling back then to like what brought us into the cannabis industry? So, I mean, were there events or was it a process or, Tell me what, for you, Sky. tell me what brought you into the cannabis industry. Well, I always, when people ask me that question, I always say that this job picked me, picked me a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, I don't know how, but it did. And here I am. And what do I mean by that? It picked me. Well, picked me because everywhere I went out, you got to understand that I grew up in a lot of different places. Mm. And from the age, I started smoking weed at the age of like 13 years old. And starting around, I don't know, 15, 16, people started to come to me and ask me for help getting weed somehow. They knew that I had weed and everywhere I went, that seemed to happen to me. <laughs> and so I just started helping people and I started getting more than I needed. And then I would help other people get their weed. And sometimes um, I would make money, but most of the time I'd just make myself a bag of weed. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And um, then uh, this was in Virginia Beach where I lived and then uh, moved to Idaho. Same thing happened in Idaho. And then uh, after a while, it was like, okay, I can't be illegal anymore. 
I need to go somewhere where my freedom's not at stake for helping people. Right. I'm obviously meant to do this, so came here to California to to do it right and follow the rules and be what, able to help people. What year was that? That was in was it two thousand and I think two thousand and nine mm-hmm. or two thousand two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Yeah. It was October. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And I've been here since ever since and I've been working at mm, delivery service, uh, worked at a cannabis kitchen and then worked at, I've been working at the job that I'm at now for the last three years and working at a cannabis club and also trimming. Mm-hmm. I like trimming, get in the zone, pop in a book, mm-hmm. trim away, make some money. I'm not like, I'm not like the trimmers that you see on the TV commercial or, you know, the one, not the commercial, but the ones you see in the typical trimmer that are sitting there smoking weed all day, trimming. No, I don't do that. I have to make myself take a break. I work. I go there to make money, so that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I trim all day. Get busy. Stand up. I stand up all day. I don't like to sit down and trim. Sometimes I do sit down and trim, but I don't like to. My elbows get weird, <laughs> and my back gets weird. And when I'm standing up, I feel like I have more movement and I can make more moves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I do right now. I'm, I work at a cannabis club delivery service usually I'm packing orders which I like to do because then again I'm moving around again or I'm on the computer talking to patients answering the phone there's always something to do there's always it's so busy so many people here in the Bay Area like their weed they love their weed right and we deliver pretty far we do we go pretty far north and we go pretty far down south What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Father's Day was insane. All you guys out there, all you dads on Father's Day, holy macaroni. I couldn't keep up with your orders. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Mother's Day? <laughs> no, Mother's Day was chill. Sunday, everybody's out eating, getting their grub on. That's it. You know, the, it, we just have to get more women considering it as a... Uh, a method for just life. We're going to end up normalizing it, right? Normalizing it. Not enough women normalize it. It's still taboo for majority women. Yeah, we got to take that stigma off of it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a big stigma that's attached because of history. You know, I mean... We're talking about like to peep some people this is the devil's lettuce. They literally think that it is bad to smoke marijuana and if you do you're gonna go somewhere dark place with lots of fire, which I don't see how that could be. I mean, come on, it's so wouldn't you be scared if that's what you've been 
told in your brain all your life. Now, the old school, the older school, they, that's what they really think. and they're, they, So we're trying to remove that, yeah. you know, you're going to, if you do this, it's it's a drug. It's a bad drug. And this drug is a Schedule 1 substance. Schedule okay. 1 meaning that it's, they don't know this. They don't know what we know. Because they don't have a passion to this plant. They haven't looked in it. They haven't done the research. They don't know that nobody's died yeah, yet, they, ever. They, they don't know. And it's never anticipated to ever happen. So we're trying to remove a pretty big stigma, you know. And I'm talking about all different cultures. Because we're here in the Bay Area. We're, we are a melting pot of beautiful people from all around the world. Right. So, I mean, just our culture from America, right? Just here in America alone, like that, it's not. It's a bad stigma. You're bad. Like, I can't, t I can't even tell you how many times I've been shamed for smoking marijuana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they only want to get to locked in a cage <laughs> you know right so yeah, that sucks. yeah um so we're trying to remove that we're trying to you know make it make it you know and so for housewife i've had i've had patients I, uh, one of my our patients um she had three kids and she had chronic headaches and couldn't find figure out what was wrong with her and she had some other ailment that was right. you know and she just needed some 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 relief something to take the edge off of this pain and she was she, she didn't know what to do she was literally crying and i try to you know i tell her i like to tell patients like i i, can't, I don't know how to take all your pain away but i can definitely um direct you how to take the edge off of Mm -hmm. which is what cannabis does for people that are in severe pain. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and just the relief that she was able to get and hearing that come from her I was like, wow. Like, and I can only imagine being at home with three kids and you're feeling this way, you know, I can't, I can't, um, it has to feel debilitating one and she said she felt hopeless and she's just at her wit's end is what she said mm -hmm. so i couldn't imagine not having cannabis in my life i know helps me through so many things well from the opposite end of the perspective like mm, instead of reacting you know to pain um i've kind of noticed like, you know, everybody loves sex. So, um, I would pitch my, basically my sex stimulant product to women because how many women, you know, soccer moms, uh, they've, you know, got a great healthy family. Everybody's so busy and it's just maybe the sex life is kind of boring. And so everybody's looking for that kind of like little spice. So, you know, I happen to make a clitoral stimulant and it's, it delivers the orgasms. And I mean, I see that possibly getting the, the more conservative women interested because there's actually no euphoria with that product. 
it's just that it something crazy about it brings on the orgasms. So it won't get you medicated. No, you won't even feel euphoria at all. Like there's no mental head um, change at all. It's it's just in fact, like if you were to apply it and and never get stimulated for the next four hours or not get stimulated for the next four hours and you would just go on about your day and it wouldn't be a thing at all. Like it just, it's only if there's stimulation does it then sort of like really react. How many milligrams of THC are in your, um, your clitoral stimulant? Well, that would be proprietary information. Is it? Well, I mean, when you buy when you buy a product, doesn't it, it has milligrams on it? Right? I know today it does. Today it does in the in the post regulatory era. So I haven't produced that since. Okay. Since so I mean I guess I would have to consider it, but I mean that is definitely part of what makes it so great. Right. I, I'm I'm just like because I get a lot of patients that call and ask for this stuff and they want to know how many milligrams are, are in it, you yeah. know, cause usually it says on the label, yep. you know, um, I know 50, it'll be something I guess I have to navigate or I just figure out because there is another brand out there in the industry that does make a similar product and they would have to expose the same information. Okay, so, well, I thought that was information that's on product already. Or I wouldn't ask you anything. Oh, I don't care about that. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 I'm not worried. I mean, people ask me stuff all the time and you know, it's up to me whether or not I, I say whatever, but, but in before 2018, nobody had to actually disclose their milligrams of THC. So before 2018, so it was just something that they did for selling. Mm -hmm. so it was yep. not required, not required. Now I did also notice on one of the, uh, containers of uh, concentrate that somebody that I know had from a, a licensed club. It was a uh, one gram was 600 milligrams of THC, which oh. I'm used to the one gram saying 1000 milligrams of THC. Oh, well, this is usually standard one gram for like distillate yeah, for like, cartridges stuff like that one gram is usually uh, it's between depending on like how well it's been refined and how mm. much they put back in there because sometimes people will put terpenes back in there but or they won't they can't get the wax out when they do the refining process so that that takes up part of the pie i mm -hmm. guess if you're looking at it from a percentage so what i see out there in distillate is definitely high potencies um, but I see something like anywhere between, yeah, you know, 70% and like, you know, 92, 90, I guess 92% as like, um, the potency. So that would be 720 milligrams to 900 or so milligrams THC in one gram. Not always necessarily 1000. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was just a standard kind of like 15 milligrams was the standard regular dose. Oh, right. Dose. Yeah. It's, it's oh, weird. It's yeah. all subjective now. It's a learning curve. We're all, we're all doing.
slash our our metabolisms are all different. So I thought I would, I guess, tell you more about what got me into the cannabis industry. Yeah, tell us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, I guess you know I started on that a little bit. Um, what got me into it was uh, just wanting to combine my natural product formulas, and um, I, like I said, I knew there were. I knew there were benefits to the to the plant beyond um, the euphoric experience. So, just inherently, after studying really aromatherapy, so I'm a certified aromatherapist, which means I've had 300 uh, you know supervised hours in a lab, um, basically formulating products and just observing their chemical behavior. But really now I've had like 14,000 plus hours blending and formulating. So it's, yeah, it's like pales in comparison. But um, yeah, so I came from aromatherapy and started combining cannabinoids and a lot of my um, products that I created using aromatherapy. So it was like soap bars, scrubs, lotions, um, and then like in 2015, I, I got more into, um, I just had observed the chemical behavior of cannabinoids so much that I learned how to add them to pretty much any formula. So I just apply the science um, of the behaviors of the cannabinoids um, and apply them to pretty much um, almost any formula. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what got me like interested in, in working with cannabis. But, um, before that, you know, I was just a consumer and, and, you know, I would probably purchase from the neighborhood guy. Um, didn't know really what I was getting each time. Didn't even know if it was indica or sativa and it was, just like, okay, well, cool. All right. See you next time. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, wow, we've come such a long way and, um, but yeah, I mean, there's like just so much to say and so much to tell everybody that I don't, I don't know really where to start and saying where I came from, but I think, uh, probably the biggest thing to get me in, involved in plants period was, that I, I had cervical cancer and that I treated myself using plant oils. Uh, I treated myself and I, I beat it basically. So I made a deal with the plants and said, Hey, if you guys cure me, then I'll forever be your advocate and, and basically create products, you know, to, to deliver value to the people and benefits and help people help humankind and and be of service that was really the deal i made so cannabis was just adding to that deal and exploring that and that's really kind of like the the root of everything like my impetus of like why i do it all and why i'm like compelled to do it pretty much for as long as i am inspired to do so so that's kind of my that's my big whopping part of the story like why why i do what i do like what 
makes me excited every day to wake up is help people, you know, and be able, um, if I can help people even treat their cervical cancer. I mean, that's all important stuff that, you know, has to get like, kind of like walked through the FDA, but, um, you know, when you walk that path, you know what it feels like. And that's part of it. Being in the cannabis industry, you want to help people that have been, that are going through what you've been through. Yeah. And I mean, by the way, I didn't even use cannabis to treat my cervical cancer. I just used essential oils, no cannabis. That's not to say, I mean, there's just a, a time and a place for everything. So when, when you um, treated your cervical cancer, were you a smoker at the time? Were you, did you partake in? Yeah, I was cannabis? a smoker, but I hadn't even intended to like try to treat it with cannabis. Mm -hmm. It just didn't even come across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any pain. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, I was actually concerned because I was taking birth control at the time and they highly recommend against smoking and birth control. And it's not like they state whether or not weed or tobacco is what they're talking about. But I imagine just inhaling carbon is probably just really what they're talking about. Yeah. And you that. didn't feel comfortable to, to ask about marijuana at that time? No, I did definitely did not feel comfortable talking to my doctor about it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of judgy McJudgersons there. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. I, I And I just asked you that because I know there's other people out there that feel the same way that are going through the same thing. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. and they're scared to ask their doctor about cannabis because they're scared what he's going to say or she's going to say. Yeah, even she's. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, she's out there that are really like when I say she's, I mean like the doctors and the like physicians assistants. I mean, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, I had to work with so many that were just uh, definitely opinionated about things that they had no business being opinionated about. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people like to force their own agreements upon other people, mm -hmm. you know, just because they agree upon something, you know, they can't put that agreement upon you. You have to choose to agree that. Yeah. I got to live my life. Yeah. I'm going to die my own way. I might as well, you know, live my own way too. I think with uh, legalization and recreational and medical and all that comes this great sense of like, for me, because um, for so long, you, you called all these names because I've been a pot smoker. I started smoking weed at 13, like I told you, and I've been a weed, uh, I've been certified weed smoker since. You know? <laughs> I smoke, <laughs> smoke before I smoke. <laughs> and yes, I go to events and I leave and I will smoke. I will go out to my car and smoke, <laughs> take my vape pen <laughs> if I don't want to smell like weed. And uh, yeah, when I go to events with my friends, the smokers, we meet outside. We just know it's code. We're going right. to go smoke. That's we right. smoke before we smoke, then we smoke after we smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and smoke two more after that. <laughs> yes, yes, and I will. And everybody that chills with me should know this and don't judge me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let me do my thing. I will let you do your thing. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I uh, just went to Vegas, and even there, even with recreational there, it it still feels like there's a stigma. I still had to go hide and go smoke. 
I couldn't smoke in my hotel. They adamantly said no marijuana. Uh So like that left me outside in Vegas up in a cut trying to smoke. And I'm not going to tell you how many times I was offered street drugs in Las Vegas. While you were out there trying to smoke. Yeah. Ah. Yes. While I was out there smoking, I had someone, some two guys came up to me and they go, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good. How you doing? You know, cause I, I you know, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And one of them say, do you fuck with the illegals? And I was like, huh? I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and the other one just laughed and then they walked away. I don't know what it meant, but pretty sure I was like, yeah, no, no, no. I'll just try to keep my shit legit now. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's illegal. I ain't trying to fuck with it. I like to stay. I like to stay legit. That's why I came out here. Try to be, try to not be in that category anymore. Right. Yeah. So hopefully with <clears throat> the future, we'll be re- removing all that stigma and uh, incorporating athletics like, you know, I know friends who are doing that now, mm-hmm. incorporating athletics with cannabis and sex and cannabis and all kinds of good things. Yeah, everything, everything. All things. So, yeah, and things that aren't even euphoric in cannabis are definitely being shown to have value. So, yeah, well, um, I don't know. I guess I don't know. You think we should wrap up this episode? And yeah. So until next time, thanks for joining us, and uh, remember to drink lots of water. <laughs> water is life. Parting healthy words. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, reach out to us um, if you have any comments uh, or suggestions and questions. Um, you can reach out to Ms. Bomb Gold on Instagram or Skydro at Instagram. And um, yeah, we'll uh, start bringing it to you. Yeah. So, yeah. Just want to say thanks out there, Ms. Bombs. <laughs> and uh, projectcbd.org. Check it out. It's great information for your uh, CBD uh, dictionary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. See you guys next time. We'll be we'll be back. We'll be back with more. Thank you for listening in. All right. Have a good night. Day. <laughs>